Okay, good afternoon to each and every one of you. Glad to be with you today here on New Hope Radio. I think there's one thing we can all agree on today. And you know what that is? Disappointment is real. It is. We've all had times of disappointment. Different reasons, you name it, it's always there. It finds us. That's okay. Today we're going to learn how to overcome disappointment. Sound interesting? It is. Stay with us. How to overcome disappointment. Yeah, we're looking at the story of Joseph. You know Joseph in the Bible. He's kind of looking at his life in a way where he's had his falls, but is rising. Joseph's life is kind of like a roller coaster ride. You know, it starts off good, then it gets bad, then it gets good, then it gets bad. And you know, that's all part of his journey. It's all part of his journey. And sometimes our journey is like that too. But here's what we have to remember. Our life is a journey. And every journey is going somewhere. So be hopeful. Because your life is going somewhere. And if you're hooked up with God, I'll tell you what, it's going to a good place. So God wanted to promote Joseph to a very high level in life. But Joseph wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. God knew where he wanted him at the end, but where he was in the beginning, he wasn't in the right place. He first had to be brought low. In other words, humbled. You know why? Because our pride can get in the way of God's promotion. Think about that. Our pride can get in the way of God's promotion. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So that was true with Joseph, and it's true with all of us as well. So here's Joseph's life, sold to a traveling caravan by his jealous brothers. He arrives at the house of an Egyptian soldier named Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, Mrs. Potiphar, (laughs) she had eyes for Joseph, tried to seduce him. He refused. So you know what she did? She lied. She lied and said Joseph attacked her. And now we now find Joseph back in bondage. This time he's in an Egyptian jail. Disappointed? Perhaps but he learns how to overcome disappointment. See, Joseph's a learner. And that's why he's going to get to that place of promotion. Because like we saw last time, he knows how to, here it comes, bloom where he is planted. Oh, that's a good lesson to remember. Bloom where you are planted. Now, being found in jail after doing his best to serve Potiphar. He was a great servant to Potiphar. Potiphar put him in charge of everything till his nasty wife came along and lied about him. So he did his best for Joseph and that could have been the turning point of his life. When he found himself in jail, he had to continue to make what? Positive decisions. You know, one negative decision can change the whole thing. There are many potential turning points in life. 
and many of those are found at the place of disappointment. I wonder how many people in their disappointment made a negative decision and put their life on a road to ruin because of that negative decision, because of disappointment. Now, Joseph, he could have slipped into despair and self-pity. Here I am in this foreign jail. I didn't do anything to deserve this. But he didn't do that because he had a habit of blooming where he was planted. And just like as he rose to position of leadership in Potiphar's house, you know what happened? (laughs) He rose to a position of leadership in the jail. He did the exact same thing in jail as he did in Potiphar's house. So we're going to pick up his story in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 20. So Joseph's master took him, that's Potiphar, put him into the jail. It was like a dungeon, right? The place where the king's prisoners were confined. Probably not a very nice place. And he was there in the jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge. Oh, <laughs> this is awesome. He committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail. What? So that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. Just like Potiphar put Joseph in charge of his whole estate because God was with him. Now he's in jail, and the chief jailer puts Joseph in charge of the whole jail. You know why? Because God is with him. Everything he touches turns to gold. It prospers. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge. Why? Here it comes. Because the Lord was with him. See how important it is to walk with the Lord? Oh, yeah, man. You're going to walk with somebody? Make sure it's with the Lord. Whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. See, don't think lightly of your relationship with God. Don't think walking with Christ is like, ah, it's no big deal. It's everything. It's everything. Are you kidding? It's everything. You want your life to be blessed? Walk with the Lord Jesus. See, when you're in a place you know you don't deserve, you realize that you're not there by accident. Oh, it's the hidden hand of God. It's the plan of God. You know, God has a plan for every one of his people. Undeserved suffering is not something that is uh, that doesn't get God's attention. Perhaps undeserved suffering is part of God's plan to work humility into someone's life to prepare them for promotion. Did you get that? Perhaps undeserved suffering is part of the plan of God to humble someone to prepare them for promotion. So, Joseph realized he wasn't there by accident. We need to learn those things too. Joseph is still on God's timeline for the promotion. 
Therefore, he could stay faithful and he could continue to serve faithfully and bloom. He's just going to keep on blooming. You know, a shutdown would have short-circuited the whole plan. If Joseph would have shut down, if Joseph would have said, that's it, I'm done. I'm done with God. I'm done with doing things right. It's not worth it. The more I do that's right, the more I'm punished. No good deed goes unpunished. I am done with it. He didn't do that. He would have rotted there. He would have died in jail. He didn't do that. He said, you know what? I'm walking with God. And in my, maybe I'm in this dark jail, but you know what? God's with me. Maybe I'm in this dark marriage, but you know what? God is with me. Maybe I'm in this dark factory working all day. God is with me. See, wherever you are, God is with you. Oh, man, don't throw in the towel now. God is working. God is with you. And you know what happened? Pretty soon, the king's cupbearer and the king's baker, I don't know what they did, but they offended the king. They did something wrong. And they wound up in prison with Joseph. So Joseph's got some brand new roommates. The king's baker and the king's cup bearer. Now, one night, they both had a dream. And Joseph noticed that they were sad. And he asked them, why are you guys so sad? And you know why Joseph asked them why were they sad? Because he wasn't absorbed with his own pain. If he was absorbed with his own situation, he wouldn't care about them. People who don't care about others is because they care too much about themselves. They're absorbed with themselves. They never see the needs of other people. So he, he noticed that they were sad. He was sensitive to the needs of others. And this is why, first of all, because he protected his relationship with God. Oh, yeah. His relationship with God, first and foremost. And you know what that did? It made his relationship with people real. He didn't shut people out of his life because he didn't shut God out of his life. See, here's, here it is. God in your life includes people in your life. Just remember that. God in your life includes people in your life. Now, life is filled with disappointments, right? That's why we have to learn to overcome those disappointments by helping to meet the needs of others. What did he say? Yeah. You get out of your own rut when you help people get out of their rut. That's how it works. Well, when he asked them, what's wrong, you guys? They said they didn't understand their dreams. We're sad because we had some dreams. They're pretty vivid, but they don't know what they mean. And they said, well, tell them to me. And they told them to Joseph. And the cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. And Joseph said to the cupbearer, he said, here's what your dream means. In three days, you're going to be restored to your position as cupbearer. Now, when you do, please remember me when you're free. Will you remember me and bring a good word to the king? So the baker thought, hey, this is pretty good. Let me tell my dream to Joseph. Joseph interpreted the baker's dream. 
And basically he said, well, in three days, you're going to be hanged. <laughs> That's not funny. But it's like, you know, it, it wasn't the same outcome. And you know what happened? In three days, both interpretations came true. The cupbearer was free. He went back to his job. But the cupbearer did not remember Joseph. And he didn't report it to Pharaoh how he helped him. Another disappointment. Oh, man, Joseph is rolling in disappointments. Well, guess what? Two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. And Pharaoh had a dream that bothered him. And he really wanted to know what this dream meant. And you know what he dreamed? Here's what he dreamed. He dreamed of seven fat and healthy cows grazing in the grass. And then seven skinny, ugly cows. They came out of the Nile River and they ate the seven healthy cows. Then he had another dream. He dreamed seven healthy stalks of grain were growing. And then seven stalks, thin and scorched, ate up the healthy stalks of grain. Pharaoh was, man, he was troubled by these dreams. He's like, what do these things mean? I don't know what's going on. I got to stop eating shadis before I go to bed. So he called all of his magicians and his wise men to interpret the dreams. But they couldn't. They couldn't figure them out. Well, you know what happened? Suddenly, the cupbearer, he remembered Joseph. He said, oh, wait a minute. I know a guy. Hmm. Yeah, when I was in jail, I told him my dream. He interpreted it and it came true. He interpreted the baker's dream too. That came true too, sadly. So he told it to the Pharaoh. He said, yeah, this guy, can, he can interpret dreams. You know why? The Lord is with him. Maybe he can interpret yours. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph. He said, okay, I could use a guy like this. I could use him. You won't believe what happens next. You won't believe it. But first, let's take a look at what happened so far. Number one, Joseph was not jailed. He was transplanted so he could continue to bloom. Think about that. Let's kind of have a, a Selah moment a meditative moment that when we find ourselves in different places in life, is God transplanting us? You know the purpose of transplanting something? To get it to grow. Right? To get it to grow. Jesus told a parable about a, a tree that wouldn't bear fruit. And the guy's going to cut it down. And somebody said, no, no, don't cut it down. Let me transplant it. Let me put it in another place where it's better soil, better sun, better irrigation, and let's see if it grows, and let's see if it blooms. And I think sometimes God does that with us, that God puts us in a situation because his, his intention for us all along is for us to bloom, to grow. Oh, 
It's what God wants for every person, that we would grow. And, and what are we growing into? We're growing into, here it comes, Christ-likeness. The plan of God is that we would become like his son, that the world would see what Jesus is like. And you know how the world sees what Jesus is like? Through Jesus' bride, the church, his people. You know, I think that's God's number one plan for us, to reveal Christ-likeness. I don't know how good we're doing with that. I don't know if many messages in churches every Sunday being preached along those lines. How many messages do we hear about people being Christ-like, growing up into Christ-likeness? I don't know if we hear that many. I hear a lot of messages about being absorbed with ourselves. That's no good. Forget about it. It's about being like Christ. So Joseph didn't see himself as being jailed. He saw himself as being transplanted. Okay, number two. Here's what we've seen so far. The officials weren't arrested. You know, the baker and the cupmaker, the cupbearer. God brought them into Joseph's life. See how God used other people to carry out his plan? Oh, God does that. God uses people, you know what? Believer and pagan. He'll use them all. He used Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a pagan. He didn't care about God. So God used them. And God used them to do some bad things. And God, through Pharaoh, brought the plagues. But it was all for, here it comes, the deliverance of Israel. Set them free from the Egyptian taskmasters. Head them out to the promised land that God had promised them. Beautiful place where they could settle down and they could live. Think about people in your life. Perhaps God has placed them there for a reason. He's placed them there for a reason. Because God networks people. He knows how to bring them together. He knows how to get them to work together, to cooperate for what? For his glory. Oh, it's all about the glory of God. So God brought the baker and the cup maker. I mean, the baker and the cup bearer. Who's the cup bearer? He's the guy that tasted the, food, the king's food to make sure it wasn't poison. <laughs> I'd just like to have that job. I mean, it probably paid well, but man, I'll tell you what. If it was a bad dish, that was it for you. So God had them arrested because he was going to use them in the life of Joseph. And then thirdly, we see that Joseph became sensitive to the needs of the officials. Unlike how he was with his own family. Oh, you know what's happening? Here it comes. Joseph is growing. He's growing now. Remember when he was younger with his family? He was telling them about these dreams that he had and how they were going to bow down to him and his brothers hated him because of it and his mother and his father, Joseph, don't talk like that. We're not bowing down to you. He wasn't sensitive to their feelings. Those dreams were to be kept in his heart. But he flaunted them. He was very immature, very arrogant. But he's changing. He's growing See, the plan of God is working in his life. You know why? 
because he's blooming where he's planted. He's sensitive to the needs of others. He's sensitive when he said to the cupbearer, why are you so sad? And he said to the baker, why are you so sad? See, when he was young, he was absorbed with himself. But now that he's been through some things, he's learning to be sensitive to others. Maybe that's how you know if you're growing. That's one of the ways if you know you're growing. You're sensitive to the needs of other people. You're not blind to them. You're not deaf to them. You're alert. You're not going through life in la-la land with your heads in the cloud. But you're aware of your surroundings. And you're aware of people and their needs and their struggles and what they have to deal with. And you know, we're living in a time right now, a lot of people are struggling. And they need people, especially God's people, to be sensitive to them. Practice that as part of your growth process, being sensitive to others. Maybe it's in the grocery store. Maybe it's at church. Maybe it's in the neighborhood. could be whatever. But learn to be sensitive to the needs of others. I was coming out of the grocery store yesterday, and a guy in front of me dropped a gallon of milk on the ground. He didn't know it. He kept going. I could have said, hey, man, some free milk. I'd never do that. I don't drink whole milk anyway. I said, excuse me, he said, your milk. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay, no problem. You know, I'm sure you felt pretty good about it. Imagine if you got home and where's the milk? I don't know. I had it here a minute ago. It's gone now. (laughs) Be sensitive to the needs of others. And then fourthly, here's here's what's happened so far. Joseph set aside his own pain to help with someone else's pain. You know, we all have pain at one time or another. We're not denying we have pain. But man, don't carry it 24 hours a day. Sometimes it's good to just... When you see someone else's pain, you lay yours aside. And you know what happens when you help someone else in their pain? You know what happens? You forget about yours for a while. It really works that way. You forget about your own. That's a good way to help your own pain. Forget about somebody else's. And you know, Jesus gave us a scripture too. He says, all you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. I'll give you rest. Oh, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You'll have rest for your souls. Peter said, cast your cares upon the Lord. For he cares for you. See, Jesus bears our pain. And we can bear the pain of others, and it helps us with our own personal pain. So let me give you an action point. It's good to have action points. You know, whenever the Word of God is spoken, there should be something we say, okay, now, what am I going to do with it? i got to do something with this message. So here it is. Look for an opportunity to bring self-healing by helping someone else. You can bring healing into your own life. You can overcome disappointment by helping others with theirs. You know, that really works. You can overcome your disappointment, as we see with Joseph, by helping others with theirs. Work on that. 
practice that. Get good at it. Watch how pain-free your life will become. It really will. Now, next time we're together, we're going to take a look at overcoming your hurtful past. Oh, that's a big one. Some people have some past. They're full of hurt. Oh, they are. And do you think God wants you to carry that hurt all of your life? No. I'm going to show you how to get rid of it. We're going to show you how to, again, again, be an overcomer. Because that's what we are, right? We're more than overcomers. So we need to live in that. An overcomer is someone that gets the victory in these battles that we fight all the time. God will give you the victory. You've got to learn how to do it. So you join me next time, and we'll learn how to be overcomers of our hurtful past. Hey, don't forget about the Academy of Higher Learning. Oh, I don't know what the government schools are doing. I don't think they know either. But we know what we're doing. We're opening every day, Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 2.30. And we're having school. And we're teaching academics. And we're teaching about the love of God. And these children will be in a godly environment. Wow. 30 hours a week. Not an ungodly environment like the government school, but a godly environment, like a Christian school. Academy of Higher Learning. Want some more information? Go to newhopecc.tv, click Academy. Want to see some pictures? Go to New Hope, I mean, go to uh, Academy of Higher Learning on Facebook. You'll see the classroom. You'll see the dining room. It's a phenomenal, wonderful way to teach the children. Very small classroom, very safe Oh, yeah, we're we're very protected from this pandemic. We are protected. Come on out. We've got an open house coming in two weeks, a couple of weekends. Come on out and check it out or make an appointment. We'll take you through. Save the children. That's what I'm saying. Rescue the children. Save them from the propaganda of the cosmic system. They're going to learn not only academics that prepare them for life but they can learn about the love of God that helps them to be what we're talking about today overcomers I want your child to be an overcomer enroll them in the Academy of Higher Learning in Swansea, Massachusetts they need to be in a place where they'll be loved by their teachers and they'll experience the love of God thanks for coming along I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio Thank you.